Okay, hi friends. Welcome to Screen Vomit, uh, the only movie podcast. Uh, I am Grandma Kayla, and I am here with my co-host Colin. Hi. And this episode, we also have a very special guest, currently my only real-life showbiz pal, formerly in the band House Olympics. TJ Jager. Yay. TJ. TJ, how long ago did we meet? I uh, was trying to think about this. Um, I believe we met in 2014 or yeah. so. We, we met at the Hoosier Dome in Indianapolis in Fountain Square. Um, uh-huh. And it was, you booked us on a show with uh, messes, I believe. Oh, uh, yeah. Love messes. Yeah. I think that was the Great first band. time that we played a show. Um, at, Wait, ever? Uh, no, at the Hoosier Dome. <laughs> and ever. Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, I had to have heard of you or band somehow. I don't. I just don't remember. It's been so long ago. And I've booked so many shows. Brag. <laughs> but yeah, we've known each other for at least half a decade. Yeah. We've probably been to like hundreds of shows together. <laughs> if not thousands. Yeah. True. Um, so yeah, great. Welcome to the podcast. This is yeah, this welcome. is um, TJ's very first podcast. Everybody, round of applause. Okay. Yay. Yeah. Be nice to him. No mean <laughs> tweets. What's a podcast? <laughs> oh. well, we're still working that one out. <laughs> um, I'll tell you one thing I have found about myself recently after having been quarantined for uh-huh. two months. I. And my um, vocal uh, speaking ability <laughs> deteriorating uh-huh. at a rapid pace. <laughs> I think I think so, that's a real thing because you just don't talk to people. It as truly much. is. Um, so um, working on that one. Yeah, you're all down at my so level. This podcast, we're we're going to talk about <laughs> uh, a movie, and we're also going to practice being humans again. It's exciting. That's true. Mm -hmm. That's true. Okay, so normally our podcast, uh, we only talk about movies that are in theaters. However, theaters don't exist anymore. Welcome to 2020, baby. Um, So we are doing movies that you can stream at home. And our guest picked this week's movie. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that would be the 2017 film Killing of a Sacred Deer. And you can find this now on Netflix. So yeah, you can watch this now on Netflix. And I will say... Uh, this isn't always true for our podcast, but uh, I think this time is one where you need to watch the movie before you yes. listen to the podcast. Uh, yes. So if you if you're listening without having seen it, you should probably see it. Okay. So that being said, um, Colin, do you want to tell us who's in this? And we can just yeah. stick to the big boys. So I'm actually I haven't said this on pod, but I'm actually in a thruple. Uh, and my two partners are in this movie, Colin Farrell and Nicole Kidman. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, my, my partners, uh, because I'm in a very hot person thruple right now, and it's working out nicely. Hell yeah. Um, we got some freaking dweebo named Barry Cogan from freaking Ireland. Yeah. Uh, Raffy Cassidy. Hey, I said uh, stick to the big boys. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, Alicia Silverstone. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> and who are these no names? 
Do you want to shout out this director? Because we have a famous director on this one, too. We do. Uh, it's directed by Yorgos Lanthimos, uh, who did uh, Lobby, the Lobster. Not <laughs> It's not called Lobby, the Lobster. It's just called the Lobster. <laughs> He also did The Favorites, which I love. Um, and we also in this movie, a, a lesser celeb, but Sonny Soljic. I don't know. Pl- he plays the little brother, but he's also, he's the kid from mid-90s. He's like the one on the poster of oh, mid-90s. Oh, so. even wilder. That's the kid who is Atreus in the new God of War for the gamers out there. He's also in Shout the movie gamers. House with the Clock in Its Walls with our boy okay. Jack Black, so... <laughs> Are we pro Jack? We are very pro Jack We're Black pro on this Jack podcast. Black. I think have we, we gotta a, be. Have we done a Jack Black pod or a Jack Black movie? No. I mean, mm. since we've started the podcast, I think he's only been in Jumanji's, right? Oh, uh, probably. He's just making money on kind of kids' movies now. Yeah. He has a YouTube too that's really cute. If you haven't seen it, he deserves every single drop of success he gets. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. We love Jack Black. He's nice. You know, he's just putting positive energy out there. He's doing his thing. That's cool. I can tell you a real life story about when he was not very pleasant to one of my friends. Oh, no. I don't want to hear it. I well, do. It, it's hilarious. <laughs> Spill um, the tea. <laughs> so one of my friends, I guess they, they ran into Jack Black out here, like at like a, a, some film premiere or something. And they went up to Jack Black and was like, oh, my God, Jack Black, I love you. School rock. Da, da, da. Then he asked for a selfie. And then I guess uh-huh. literally Jack Black spun around in a circle, shot finger guns at him and said, no, and then just walked away. <laughs> oh, that's fine. That's not being a dick. I'm cool I with think that. It's yeah, so I'm funny. also cool like, I'm like, it... <laughs> it's such a Jack Black experience. I feel like like I, w- yeah. I would expect that. But you can't, you I... also can't like really expect people to just always be down to take a pick. Absolutely you know? not. Mm-hmm. Absolutely and not. And being like a, someone like Jack Black, like... He probably gets asked for a pick every time he turns around. So at least you know? he has fun, like, saying no to people, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would be thrilled if Jack Black did, like, a... He said, like, no. I'd be like, ah, oh, thank you. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's great. That's a good story. Uh, critic scores on this movie. We got 79% Rotten Tomatoes. 73% Metacritic, so pretty similar. Yeah. And 61% of Google users, <gasps> which is criminal, I feel like. What is with Google users? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> didn't, they gave Alita Battle Angel a 93, <laughs> didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> I just want to know what what like demographic of people are like using Google to review movies, you know? I mean, it's just a thumbs up or thumbs down situation. It's right there on the page, so it's like... I don't know. If I, I've seen this movie, I'll just click the little whichever one I agree with, you know? Hmm, interesting. <laughs> I think it's 12-year-olds. 12-year-olds <laughs> would love Alita Battle Angel. Well, most 12-year-olds would like this movie, not a lot of them. Like 60% of 12-year-olds would like this movie, you know? This movie doesn't seem like it's very fair to 12-year-olds based on how <laughs> the, the cast was treated. <laughs> <laughs> true, true, true. Okay, uh, yeah. Let's let's uh, let's go ahead and watch the trailer real fast. All right. We don't have to worry about nothing, cause we got the fire, and we're burning one hell of a something. They they're gonna see us from outer space. Yeah, I'm really sorry about Bod. Something serious. No, it is. Like we're the stars of the human race. 
you memories. Where did you two go? When the lights started out, they don't know what they heard. Struck the match, playing loud, giving love to the world. How did his father die? A surgeon never kills a patient. An anesthesiologist can kill a patient, but a surgeon never can. Don't be scared, Mom. You'll see. You won't be able to move either. To get used to. Where is she? What did you do to her? I don't understand why I should have to pay the price. Why my children should have to pay the price. It's the only thing I can think of as close to justice. We can let it up, up, up. So they can put it out, out, out. All right, short trailer. Uh, I fucking love this movie. Hell yeah. Yeah. I went in knowing nothing. I didn't. I had not watched a trailer. I didn't know who was in it. Mm-hmm. I knew it was, I saw it was A24, so I was like, oh yeah, this will be good. Holy fucking shit. This is wild. It's a wild ride. Yeah. A lot of falling. A lot of falling happens in this movie. <laughs> yeah, this movie is not nice to 12-year-olds or me. I know. Goo was like, I hope that that young man had a, a stunt boy. <laughs> stunt knees. <laughs> I- <laughs> yeah, they show in the trailer. Oh, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but when, like, when it, this 12-year-old kid can't walk. And like when Colin Farrell's trying to like call his bluff... Uh, by just like tossing him, like picking him up and like, come on, let's walk and dropping him. Amazing. Mm-hmm. That would hurt so much. And like this kid is taking it on the chin. Well, and l- I'm let's thinking... be fair though. This kid is probably like three foot five and he weighs <laughs> about 17 pounds. So what are you you're saying? <laughs> like it's, it wouldn't hurt. Well, in the speed of the speed of acceleration is 9.8 meters per second squared. So we can figure out the force of impact that his chin yeah. took. Oh my God. I don't <laughs> <laughs> I'm I just saying, it would hurt a lot less like kids kids falling they feel nothing okay like they have are you kidding me their bones are not fully formed they're coming from <laughs> such a short height they're, they barely have to fall down at all <laughs> if anything, it would hurt if anything they should have fallen down more in this movie yeah you'd think wait no <laughs> I'm, the pro, I'm the pro kid one in this argument oh my god there is a lot of falling so I was, um, yeah. let's see, TJ sent me a list of movies and my main draws to pick this movie, because I'd never heard of it, was, first of all, it's an A24 film, at A24 almost never goes wrong, and then secondly, and this is going to sound stupid based on how big everybody is in this movie, uh, Alicia Silverstone was in it, however... I've been pranked by Alicia Silverstone twice this year because Okay, what? I also watched The Lodge. <laughs> TJ, did you see The Lodge? I did not, no. It came out a few oh. months ago. It also a horror film about a deranged yeah, yeah. family where kids have to die. Wow, crazy. Um Is that the person that that made um Goodnight Mommy? Yes. Okay, yeah, I saw trailers for that. I wanted to see it. Yeah, I saw it. It's pretty fine. I didn't love it, but I thought it was fine. Anyway, Alicia Silverstone was in that movie, and that's all I knew about it when I went to see that. And she's in it for one scene, probably 40 seconds okay. total. And are pretty you, much same deal here. <laughs> are you a huge Silverstone stan? I just think she's neat. <laughs> we, we got a silver stan over here. <laughs> what are you talking about? 
no i like her and uh, and i haven't the thing is that we haven't seen her in so long um, yeah so like what's she up to you know just just checking in i'm just checking she in great. she did look great and i was really sad actually when i was i looked up you know some articles about her and stuff mm-hmm. when i was doing my research and she was saying like kind of the main reason why she dropped out of acting a lot is because of how terrible everyone was to her about like what her body looked like and Mm. like body shaming her and stuff like that and like weight shaming Mm -hmm. her and she had a really bad experience after being in like batman and robin that she kind of stopped acting after that i mean more or less but she's in she's coming back a little bit yeah. Uh, so she did these two movies that I just mentioned, and she had some other movie come out this year, actually. Hell yeah. But I, you know, so I've been pranked by Alicia Silverstone twice is all I was getting at. And I'm sad about it. Come on. <laughs> this, that's the thing, though, is like, I would not be disappointed. I'm jumping ahead. I, d- I don't really care. But I wouldn't be disappointed with her small contribution to this film because, like, uh, she's fucking incredible in the one scene she's in. Oh, she was, for sure. Actually, in both of those movies, in The Lodge and in this, she was incredible in her little part, but I just want to see more. I get I get more, but, like, this one scene, I thought about her the rest of the movie still. Mm-hmm. Like, That's true. Uh, it, it, it's crazy. I can definitely see how much character work... I, 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 I'm, maybe I'm overlooking or overanalyzing, but, like, I felt like she built this whole fucking character mm-hmm. for one scene. She had little ticks. I thought she was fucking great. Yeah, she was great. So, yeah. this movie, here's something funny, uh, opens up on open heart surgery, uh, <laughs> which are real, those are real <sighs> open heart surgery scenes where Colin Farrell IRL was attending the scenes too, <laughs> which is crazy. So, I sat down to watch this on Friday night and... Yeah. um Sat down with a big old bowl of ice cream, turned on the flick, big old heart surgery, uh, and... Ice cream down. Yeah. <laughs> but in the other room, Gooey was watching wrestling, so I'm trying to watch this, like, quiet, serious film, and in the background, it's like, oh, here he goes again, you know, or whatever, and I was like, I can't do this. To be so- fair, like, both... both- Open heart surgery and wrestling require a great deal of good hand-eye coordination. So I feel like they do kind of go hand hand. Yeah, you're right. You're right. (laughs) And so then I, (laughs) I was I was like, okay, I'll watch it Saturday morning. And so I sat down with my breakfast and turned on the movie. (laughs) And here comes the open heart surgery again. So I I was eating twice during watching this open heart surgery film. Yeah, we we had some audible gasps. In our house when we watched it, just opening shot. I was watching it yeah. with Amanda and Nick, <sighs> and then Nick was just like, "Ah!" He just apparently. <laughs> then we learned that Nick does not do well with gore. Nick screamed and fainted. <laughs> this is fucking beyond gore, though. This is like bot. This is body horror. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's disgusting. I watched it this morning and was just a oh boy. I didn't like ye. I'll say it. <laughs> this is a per. This is a perfect movie, but. I if I if I could change anything about this movie, it would be the opening shot. I would change it. I don't care if it contributes to oh we're setting the mood and no, I don't want to see it. It was gross <laughs> and it looked like it was two pieces of wet meat with another piece of wet meat. The wet meats were just kissing each other. Yeah, just kissing wet meat. That's what a heart looks like. I thought a heart was red. Why was it like yellow? <laughs> 
As we all know, hearts are red. I didn't red. know what it was. I, I, I was like, I didn't think it, for some reason, I just couldn't see it being a heart. I, I thought it was lungs, yeah. Yeah, but they don't move like that. I don't know. It was, ugh, ugh, okay, <laughs> never mind. Bodies are wild. You know? Yeah, if you have a body, you should just throw it away because it's disgusting. Yeah, unseemly. So much stuff happens inside your body that you just don't even know about. And to me, that's crazy. But I feel like most people don't think about that a lot. It's wild when you think about all the, like, functions your body does that don't require consciousness. Or, like, yeah. your conscious... And something that seems crazy to me is, like, how much of your own body that you live with for your whole life that you never get to see... Your nose. Well, you can see part of your nose. If you got a big honker like me, you can see some of it. Your nose, the first thing you think about. <laughs> I was thinking about Not bones. Like, yeah, bones, <laughs> heart, spleen. Like well, it's, it's like you never see. You can never see your own nose without a mirror, or your, your own your own forehead without a mirror, or your you own know? eyeballs. Yeah. Your How do you brain. See there's all these things that you never get to see. It just, uh, you know, hopefully you never get to see. Um, I'd like to see my bones. Yeah. I'd love to see my bones. And here's the thing. I'd be I got scared. Ex- Too scary. I got x-rays a while back, and ah. I was so excited to look at my bones, and I lost the disc. <laughs> the disc? I was so excited Did about it. they give you just like a floppy disc? No, it's on a CD. It's like They like burned it to a, a CD. CD. But... Mm-hmm. And they put their tracks on it too. They put, yeah, they burned me a mixtape with my bones on it. <laughs> uh, I'd love to see my bones. So maybe one day I'll find that CD and um, we'll make it happen. But if you do x rays out there, tweet at us. Yeah. Send, Free send x rays. Send us your bones. Let me see your bones. <laughs> Brought to you by Squarespace. I have a song about uh, how you never get to meet your bones. The good song? It's fine. It's almost impossible to find online because it's it's on a spl- <laughs> it's on Split. a a compilation from uh, New Noise uh, Music, not related oh. to the magazine. And I don't know. That's fine. Let's we can all right. cut all of this. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it in. <laughs> okay, so we open on the open heart surgery. Pretty soon after, Colin Farrell is meeting a young man at a restaurant here. Actually, go g- going back to the, the open heart surgery. So um, yeah. Amanda chimed in when we were watching the movie. She said that he took his gloves off wrong because she used to study um, crime scene investigation and stuff. And she was like, yeah, he took his gloves mm-hmm. off wrong. And I thought that was an interesting point once, mm-hmm. um, once we kind of learned more about Colin Farrell's troubled past, you know, that yeah. Yeah. kind of shows more about his character maybe maybe they just fucked up and they didn't have on someone on set saying nope you took your gloves off wrong or maybe mm-hmm. in the medical world they just don't care but i thought it was worth pointing up they they do care my stepmom won't shut up about medical things <laughs> and she's a doctor she's as, a, she'll as come we up a have lot. found out in the last month or two uh, <laughs> just about nobody knows how to properly use sterile gloves or masks so <laughs> no way baby touching masks every day uh, and and uh, going forward, going back to this cafe where he's meeting with this young man, mm-hmm. it's not just any young man. It is the ugliest young man I have ever laid eyes His on. His eyes are so close together. He is the most discomforting looking little boy, little little lad, and he <laughs> plays this part well. I hope uh, uh, this kid, I hope he, he gets, you know, everything he ever wants. Barry Keegan. Because he is disconcerting 
to watch. <laughs> he kind of reminded me of, um, have y'all ever seen the movie Spun? No. Well, here's the thing about the movie Spun. Uh, it came out in like 2002. It's a fine movie. I, I, it was one of my favorite movies when I was in high school. But rewatching it doesn't hold up quite as well, but it's still pretty good. And I find myself, you know, seeing similarities between movie, other movies to this movie a lot. But anyway, okay. Patrick Fugit is in it. Um, yeah. y- you know who that is from uh, uh, what's his, the movie he's in? Um, the rock and roll uh, movie. Wrist cutters. Well, almost famous. Yeah, almost famous. It's the same thing they do in this movie where he kind of already looks disgusting. And then throughout the movie, they kind of make him more and more disgusting. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, like later on in the movie, this character, Martin, will get close ups on his face where like his skin's all greasy. He's got like food stuck on his face. Like. He just gets grosser and grosser throughout the movie. Yeah, I cannot wait until we talk about the spaghetti scene. I have so much to say. No, we're not talking about the spaghetti because I will vomit on my microphone if we talk about that spaghetti scene. We're we're gonna talk about. We call this episode "Dad Spaghetti." Yes. (laughs) Hell yeah, we can. So yeah, the the restaurant where they met. The restaurant is called the Blue Jay Restaurant, and in American folklore, the Blue Jays are considered to be tricksters and servants of the devil, so they always meet in this restaurant, which is called the Blue Jay Restaurant, so it has a little bit of um, something going on there, yeah. I will, here's something, I've been watching a lot of, um, oh, this is really cool, this is going to make me sound cool for all the, everyone, Uh, (laughs) I've been watching a lot of bird feeder live streams lately. scrambles? No, just for me. Well, and Scrambles. Scrambles likes them too, but it's uh, mostly uh, yeah, me. Yeah, for, for Scrambles. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Blue Jays suck. They're dicks. <laughs> yeah, they're mean. They eat other birds' nests and stuff. And yeah. Um, yeah, in American folklore, you can find it, you know, referenced in so many different things. But yeah, they're considered bad boys, to say the that least. Rules. That's yeah. cool. Huh. You know, I was really, I really liked the way that they kind of narratively kind of brought Martin into the story just because like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, cause again, kind of like, uh, like Colin, I, I didn't really have much context going into this movie. I've only seen the trailer. I knew a little bit about the cast, you know, but like, mm-hmm. I didn't really know much about what was going to happen in this story. So like, I didn't know like who Martin was for like the longest time, which obviously they did like intentionally, but like. For, the, yeah. for at least like the first like 45 minutes or so of this movie, I was like, oh, this is a sex thing. There, he, he, he. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely a sex I, yeah thing. they really kept it a mystery. And like, I was like, either it's a sex thing or it's like he's secretly fathered this child and is like taking That's care of him thought, on yeah. the DL or yeah, something like they really keep it a mystery for a long time. And I, I'll say it's like basically the only thing that makes the first half of the movie interesting <laughs> or the first thir- third of the movie or whatever <laughs> it's what keeps you going i was i loved all of this but yeah like this especially after just watching alita battle angel a couple days ago a movie that tells you everything mm-hmm. and says everything this is the it opposite was, yeah. yes <laughs> so good to watch a movie just sh- just like show not tell just show it yeah. Um. Th- through this, like their relationship with every meeting, it the relationship you know builds a little bit at the beginning, but at at a point, maybe after the first fifteen minutes, every time they meet, their relationship just declines. 
uh, yeah. and decays into something else, and it's so fucking weird. And I love it. Well, yeah. they kind of, you know, are they're sprinkling in facts here and there. We find out mm-hmm. they've been meeting for about six months. We do know that Colin Farrell is lying to his coworkers about who this boy is. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. So, and then this boy is starting to come around more and more and more, almost to the point of stalking, um, which is like kind of its own little, you know, anxiety inducing yeah. bit or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, so he keeps showing up at Colin Farrell's work and just showing up everywhere and being spooky and weird looking. <laughs> yeah. And even like all credit to this kid because I, this actor, because I fucking hate him because of this role, which I <laughs> mm-hmm. think is a, a, a Massive credit if you're yeah. disgusted by an actor wholly because the way he talks, the dialogue throughout this whole movie is written very, you know, it's, it's odd. Mm-hmm. Like listening to it, you're like, this is a weird way to have a conversation. Yeah. yeah. No one talks like this in real life. But him especially, it's just like he it, early in the movie, the uh, um, Colin Farrell gives him a watch or something as a present mm-hmm. or uh, and hearing him talk about he gets a new band for the watch yeah and it's so upsetting to hear him just talk about this do you want to see my new watch i got a leather bracelet and, and, and like that's why he came in to his work to show him this new yeah strap on a watch and it's just like dude yeah what the it does fuck seem like you? he maybe has like a screw loose or something mm-hmm yeah yeah, I the, the the dialogue it was just insane. Like what Colin was talking about, like it, it just felt so inhuman. Like it felt so plastic and fake. Like in like the and, yeah. and, and so much of that goes to like the the actors too. Like this morning I, I was watching like a video. It was like an interview that Colin Farrell and uh, Yorgos did, where and Colin talked a lot about it, where he was saying that it was like so hard to just like deliver those lines like that just so unnaturally like with like such a deadpan delivery the deadpan like staccato delivery because like every sentence Mm -hmm. was like so short but like yeah i feel like it just like helps like tell the story so well just because like it it feels just so like robotic because like i don't know Mm -hmm. yeah at the beginning i felt like it made things look kind of boring for me personally and i am probably i know i'm gonna get roasted for that but just a little bit into the film, especially once we start getting to when he's over for dinner and like the kids are asking him like all these weird questions, like weird personal mm-hmm. questions, but in that like deadpan delivery, that's when it really starts to like have a real effect for me, where that's when you really notice like how weird <sighs> everything is. Yeah. So fucking weird. <laughs> when Kim says to him, I just had my first period. I mm-hmm. was just, um, I wrote down, like, why would you say that? Why would you, that's such a, no, not him. Like, mm-hmm. it, 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 ugh, it's so weird to hear them talk about such, and especially with such a young cast, because the, they're three, Martin, Kim, and Bob, the son, um, you know, I think, what, Martin's supposed to be 16? They're all under 18 yeah. years old. Yeah. Martin's supposed to be 16, the daughter is 14, and then I I don't know if it's ever said exactly how old Nine-ish. the son is. Yeah. But the son also asks about his armpit hair in that scene. Very weird. And then makes him show it. I hated that. <laughs> I hate it. Also, I want to point out, uh, this is a small thing, but um, the Bob is like, my dad's hairier, my dad's hairier, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and later Colin Farrell shows his... Mm-hmm. body not that hairy 
I'm hairier no. than Colin Farrell. I know. Let I was be. expecting to see like a real like bada bing bada boom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where's the hair? I want the fucking hair. Yeah. They should have put those uh the muffs on him, you know, what is <laughs> The Merkins. Uh, yeah, because they should have hired a freaking Italian. Yeah, because in, in that scene when Martin's like, you do have a lot of hair, but not three times as much as me. I was like, fucking true, Martin. Fucking true. Got you him. Know what? <laughs> Roast him, Martin. I went to high school with guys who were hairier than that. <laughs> yeah, he's not that hairy. No, he's not. He is not Colin Harrell, that's for sure. Ah! <laughs> Uh, hey colin is it weird to say your own name for this whole movie (laughs) yeah this is something that i've i don't know if other people feel this way and i guess i can ask you guys uh do you guys feel weird when you say your own name tj i'm sure you know a ton of people named well yeah i was gonna say i feel extremely weird when there's another (laughs) tj around because it happens so infrequently um yeah 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 so like i i was actually um I was working this one job a while back and there was another TJ. He was like the producer on the show and I was like a lowly PA. So they asked me to change my name so I could, wow. so it would be confusing over the walkie talkie. So what'd you go by? Letters. Letters. Yeah. Cause that's what my, ma- that's what my name's made out of. All right. I get it. That oh must be a God. Hollywood thing. One of those West Coast jokes wow. I've been hearing so much about. Oh, letters Jager here. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's, I feel super weird when other people have my name. But I'm also in the club where, like, it's not like nobody in the world is named Kayla. But uh, in my circle, I have encountered very few. So yeah. I've never been friends with somebody named Kayla. In my whole entire school experience, I only ever went to school with two people with my name and they both were gone before high school so you were the lone survivor i was the lone survivor the strongest one i certainly don't like having friends with the same with like named colin Mm -hmm. it's annoying my sister my stepsister's name is colleen and that that creates some hilarious mix-ups you know what i mean oh yeah Okay, soon after this, we also meet Nicole Kidman. She plays Colin Farrell's wife. There's just, I mean, she barely does anything, but she has curly, we see curly Kidman, uh, which is cool. I love to see a curly-haired Kidman. And we have the sex scene, which is just funny, where she goes under, uh, quote, general anesthesia to Uh. bang. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> where she just yeah. gets naked and lays absolutely like lifeless. <laughs> yeah. And uh strange fetish, but hey, at least they're fucking and they're in love, I guess. It's weird sex. Yeah. It's weird sex, yeah. It's fine. Imagine if Nicole Kidman got to be got to be her Australian self. I look, Nicole Kidman is an outstanding actress. That yeah. doesn't even need to be stated. She slipped a couple times on the accent. I heard a little Did she? Australian mate every now just a just like a, a couple words here and there actually if we're breaking down the family the only American in the main cast of this movie was the mm-hmm. young son um, oh because really the girl's British the daughter's British Colin Farrell's Irish mm-hmm. the Martin actor is Irish and then Nicole Kidman's Australian and why the fuck did they shoot this in Cincinnati yeah <laughs> They did. In a neighborhood I used to be in a lot, actually. Talk about culturally diverse. Uh, Yeah. Uh, The the melting pot of the Midwest. (laughs) (laughs) Truly. (laughs) If there's one place where cultures meet, it's Cincinnati. (laughs) (laughs) 
Jesus. Just could have been cool. We never, I mean, you almost never get to see Nicole Kidman be Australian. Just what about in Australia, a movie that I think was six hours long? <laughs> I don't know. Never seen it. But I never saw it either. I read, I saw articles where she was like, please let me be Australian. <laughs> 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 like, people only want to cast me if I'm going to speak like an American and I really want to be myself. So she should, you know, because uh, Australians are hot. <laughs> she's hot no matter what. <laughs> that's true, she that's gets true. her freaking. All right, everyone, put your kids to bed. Welcome to the ne- welcome to uh, smooth screen vomit. That's what we'll call this section. She <laughs> gets by me undies. Smooth yeah, vomit. Me- <laughs> smooth vomit. Welcome to smooth vomit. Now we see Nicole Kidman in her freaking bra and panties, and we uh, see titties, don't we? We do see. That's later on, and I. When I started queued up the movie, I saw that it was rated R for a few things, and one of them was, of course, nudity. Which mm-hmm. anytime I see that, I'm just like, uh, two thumbs up, yes, please, ticket. <laughs> um, where else are you gonna see free boobies? You know? Yeah. Only at the movies. Oh well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the only way to see them. Only so, online. Yeah, she's hot. Yeah. The end. <laughs> By Colin Bates. <laughs> All right, and that concludes this episode of Smooth Vomit. And now back to our episode of Screen Vomit. Um, So Colin Farrell invites Martin over for dinner. Why? I don't know why. I don't really understand it. I don't know that it seems like his family doesn't even understand who this... Like, I'm just going to invite this 16-year-old boy over for dinner. Yeah. Is that cool, everyone? Yeah, yeah sure. I thought they were going to try to kill him that night. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, I, I was just like, yep, yeah, this is this movie's turning into a weird sex thing. Now it's a murder thing. <laughs> I didn't know what the freaking deal was. I didn't know if they were going to end up in a threesome or, like, what it was. Gonna... That's why I love the movie so much. Because, like, they don't, like Colin said, like, they don't explain anything. Like, they just, like, let it happen. And, like, mm-hmm. it's... It feels like voyeuristic, and I feel like yeah. a lot of it has to do with like the camera. Oh, absolutely! Because you know, the camera's always just like it's just like following. Yeah, it's always like zooming in. You know, it's always at just like weird high angles. You know, mm-hmm. and like I I love when a movie like when like the technical aspects of it can help like tell the story that they're trying to tell. You know, and I feel like that this movie just does a really good job of that. Yeah, because like it's like the the camera work is just as weird and confusing as the narrative itself. Mm-hmm. And it seems like like you want to impose like normal family onto this family. You know, like there's a mom, there's a dad, they both have, you know, they're doctors, they have regular jobs, there's two kids, you know, they all live together, nuclear family. The dog, um, yeah. Yeah, like you want to impose like, sure, normal family, normal life, but everything that that goes on in this movie, the way they talk, like the way... <sighs> It looks everything that's like happening is is so not normal. Like it, it's real. It's a little jarring, you know. But yeah, it's cool. Yeah, this it's really cool. Whole movie feels unnatural in every aspect. Yeah, that's great. I love it. It just pushes you out of your comfort zone constantly, which is why I have gross movie for perverts written down. <laughs> do you do you, okay. So let, let me ask you. Let me ask you guys a question. Mm-hmm. And this might make me sound a little bit like an anti-vaxxer. Um, <laughs> Are you going to ask us for pro-vaccination? I love this lead-up. Not going to go that far. Okay. But do you do you do you feel like that it's interesting that Colin Farrell's character is a surgeon, which I guess you could say is inherently a very unnatural career? Oh, sure. Uh, am I am I just like really reaching here, or do you think there's something there? I think okay. I think you're reaching, but I think you're also 
onto something that maybe I don't, I don't know because the, this movie does feel so deliberate. Everything feels so laid out and intricate, like a fucking watch, like the gears of a watch. Like everything is exactly how they want it. They chose a surgeon for you know X, Y, and Z. So while I personally am like, uh, I don't think they thought that much. Maybe mm-hmm. they fucking did. I don't know. You're 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 big showbiz boy. Uh, <laughs> I, I I don't know what how much detail. I really don't uh, know how much detail goes into like writing a movie. Yeah, I think they needed the parents to be in healthcare so that when things did start going wrong, they would know what they're talking about, who to call. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, that kind of stuff. So we're at this dinner and. Um, what all happens here? Let's see. This, we talked about how Martin goes and talks to the kids, and the kids are asking him strange questions. He takes his shirt and off. And he's smoking. He's, he's smoking. smoking, yeah. Really <laughs> weird. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I just picked it up a couple months ago, and now I'm addicted, whatever. And then him and the daughter go on a walk, and she's smoking. <laughs> I don't. I know. And this Look. is also, like, we just did Alita Battle Angel, where when Alita wakes up the first boy that she sees, she's instantly in love with. And yep. we have pretty much the same thing going on here. The young daughter, the first boy she sees, she's instantly in love with. <laughs> Which, you know, look, I'm learning a lot about women through movies lately. <laughs> if I've learned one thing, it's they love the first boy they see. Uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> no, this was so upsetting, though. Like... Even though it's a two-year age difference, and in real mm-hmm. in, in real life, yes, I dated a I dated a seventeen-year-old when I was fifteen. So like a two-year age gap in your teens is really nice. nothing. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not to brag, Jill, uh, Jill. If you're out there, I'm still thinking. Of, no, I'm not thinking about it. <laughs> I love you, Lindsay. Um, so like the, it, this age gap isn't upsetting in and of itself, but it's just it feels so much. Ewier, ickier, yeah. because he's like he gets grosser every time he's on screen. He mm. gets just. But I'll the, tell you, when yeah. you're that age, boys being gross, if they Pretty show normal. some attention on you, <laughs> uh, I've been with some gross boys. Tight. Let's just say, yeah, that. <laughs> every 14 year old boy is gross, and or 16. I'm sorry, every 16 year old boy is gross and yeah, greasy. Don't exclude 14 year olds. And 14-year-old boys. <laughs> most, most boys are gross uh, from at least ages 14 to 20 and then possibly you can, you can go all the way up to 30. No, 27 and below. I'm not gross. <laughs> Whatever, I'm 26, All dude. right, 26 and below. <laughs> 26 and below is gross. 28 and above is gross. Yep. <laughs> Our prime years, buddy. <laughs> Uh, okay. Um, all these details about how Martin's father died are kind of trickling in, but I feel like they say a few different ways, right? Don't they? Like one point they say that his dad died in a car crash. Another time yeah. they say it was like a heart thing. So he so he tells Martin it was a hereditary thing, like a it was mm-hmm. like incurable or something. Mm. Yeah. So I don't. Which know. Which I thought was a really cool aspect of this movie too, because um. He, he never admits guilt. Like, he never oh, yeah. says that it was his Mm-mm. fault. I mean, like, and that that's kind of like, I feel like one of the more lower-hanging fruits, I guess, and, like, all the symbolism and metaphors or themes or whatever in this movie. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's... I just love that. I love the idea that 
of accountability that they bring into this movie and how it just doesn't like even like I, I know I'm getting ahead of myself because I, mm-hmm. I want to talk about the, the way that the movie ended too but like yeah just accountability is just so prominent in this movie and the way that they handle it is like just so great yeah for but sure also, but also terrible yeah so y- you know speaking on that like what we do find out of over time eventually piecing things together sort of is that this boy's father died because Colin Farrell's was doing surgery on him or whatever and fucked something up and and he died on his operating table. So basically he killed them. So that becomes more important later. In between then and now um, is when... So the boy invites Colin Farrell over to his house for dinner to repay the favor of him inviting him Uh. over to Colin Farrell's house for dinner. Um, So this is when we meet Alicia Silverstone and she's killing it. And let's see, they watch Groundhog's Day, and they do the- <laughs> Which I love. Yeah. I love that they that it was Groundhog's Day. Yeah. Oh, my God. Hell, yeah. And and so, you know, a, a few minutes into the movie, Martin goes to bed like, oh, <laughs> I guess I'm getting tired. I'll leave you two alone. You know? Literally shipping his mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with the dude that killed his dad. Yeah. Uh... So, he, you can be my new daddy now. Oh. <laughs> What is his end game? Because knowing what we know happens, yeah. I don't... What is your plan, Martin? I think he just wants a dad first, firstly. I guess. So he keeps, like, making Colin Farrell, like, meet him at restaurants and keeps, like, you know, following him and wanting to talk to him and getting presents yeah. from him and whatever. Yeah, it's just, like, he wants a dad again. Well, also talking about the sinful spaghetti scene, um, I think that <laughs> it was very intentional what Martin did um, with going to bed early and stuff. Because he, I, I almost felt like after I watched that scene that he kind of planted that seed with mm-hmm. the Groundhog Day and stuff to kind of like, almost like try to set something up to kind of like have some dirt on uh, Colin Farrell's character. Mm-hmm. What is, oh, okay. Steven, is that is that his name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't write it down. I wrote Colin Farrell all through my notes. It is Steve. (laughs) Steve. It's all right. Look, we're not professionals. And people know who we're talking about when we say Colin Farrell. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, this... Eventually, Alicia Silverstone ends up trying to make a move on Colin. uh, She clearly has a hand fetish. So this movie loves people with fetishes. And she's like, oh, your fingers are so clean and nice. And She sucks on the fingies. She she does kissy kissies on the hand. (laughs) And then when he gets up to leave, she says, I won't let you leave until you've tasted my tart. Incredible. (laughs) Best line. Best line of 2017. Incredible. Give the woman an Oscar. Yep. And hey, okay. she ain't freaking talking about no scone. You know? <laughs> okay. Another alternate title for this episode, The Forbidden Tart. <laughs> hell yeah. Uh, um, hell yeah. So, so yeah, so that rocked. We love Alicia Silverstone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, so it just Martin keeps coming to the hospital. There's one part where he says he has chest pains and, like, makes him do all these tests and stuff on them. And that's the same scene where then he makes Colin Farrell show him his, give, give him a little peek of the old body hair. Weird. <laughs> I, okay, I want to bring this up. I literally, the other day, I had a, 
11-year-old kid at work ask me if I had abs and if he could see them. And mm-hmm. my immediate response was, I don't think that'd be appropriate for me to show you my, my stomach, man. Mm-hmm. Um, which, A, is, like, uh, the appropriate thing to do to mm-hmm. not show an underage person your your body. And, B, uh, plausible deniability for me having abs. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, they're under there. I just can't show you. Show- <laughs> <laughs> they're definitely there. <laughs> you can probably see them through the shirt. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, don't show kids your belly. No. Well, well, then that begs the question, then. Why Why do you think Colin Farrell agreed to show him? I think he does everything because he does feel, regardless of an admission of, of guilt over Martin's father's death, he I think he feels a, a modicum of responsibility for Martin or or that he owes a debt. And that's why I think he's doing all these things ultimately is mm-hmm. for his own, for like some karmic alignment that he's like, okay, everything's set now because I was nice to the kid whose dad I killed. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like his version of accepting or like admitting guilt, you know, without mm-hmm. actually having to admit guilt. Exactly. He's kind of playing like fake dad to this boy too. And so maybe because of that as well, like... You know, I guess you never had a dad to, like, show you the ropes now because I killed him. So, I mean, did you guys (laughs) ask your dad weird body questions and make him show you their body hair? I do not think so. Look, I... I have a strange childhood, so I don't have a real frame of reference. TJ and I are good Midwest boys. What's weird? We talk with our dad about music, and that's it. (laughs) And God. Oh, I don't even do God. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's like a normal thing, though, right? Music? You know, when you're a young kid, like asking your parents about weird body shit, if you have a normal relationship with them. No, I definitely think so. I think, though, there's a limit, you know, and when, you know, you're fucking 16 years old, I think you're kind of past that limit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe uh, so. It is a little old. It It is It is oh. all dependent upon the relationship. But he has a few screws loose. I mean, is he 16 in his brain? I don't know. Yeah. If my son asks me when he's 16, if uh, my child, if I have a kid, asks me when I'm 16, hey, uh, how does, like, wh- how did your body hair grow? then yes, I would probably like, because I hope I have a, a, a well-developed relationship. But mm. this is not, I like, I don't know. If you're not emotionally in tune, like, I would not have asked my dad about body hair because we were Midwest Catholics. We didn't talk about that shit. Like, mm-hmm. but I think with a well, it's either, you know, like, you're either at opposite end. You're either very healthy and, like, very open about talking about uh, maturity and sex and whatever, all the weird things you don't want to talk about with your parents, or it's the opposite end, and it's like, like this, where it's like, yeah, I'll just show you my body, I'll show you my tummy in a lab. Mm-hmm. Uh, weird. I, I have uh, right around this time, I uh, I say I would beat up Martin if I were Steve, <laughs> if I were Colin Farrell. He has a very punchable face. I would just be- <laughs> if he were like, can I see your hair? I'd be like, get the fuck out of here! What do you want? I just did like, okay. <clears throat> Think about a cardiologist. They are working, like, a ton. Colin Farrell drops all of his rounds or whatever to Uh run tests on this kid. These tests cost money. They take labor and time. He is going way out of his way for Uh this little shitbird. 
<laughs> and then he has the audacity to see his belly. Ask to see his belly. Yeah. And then put a curse on him. So we're almost to the curse. Yeah. But what happens between now and the curse is that um, the son can't get out of bed. And they're not sure what's going on. If he's pretending, um, they take him to the hospital. They do all these tests. Everybody's like, no, he's totally fine. Then they're going down the escalator. He gets to the bottom and plop. And what an awesome shot. Oh, so cool. It was awesome incredible. Shot. I mean, I can see it in my mind right now. I mean, just like the camera's like 200 feet up in the air. <laughs> just yeah. looking down. Yeah, just them like chilling, riding all the way down this escalator. Gets off of it and then, yeah, splat. Um, and cr- the first of many splats. <laughs> yeah. The music cr- goes insane. What? Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the first time the music goes insane in I the movie. I have notes uh, on my notes earlier than this about just like how there's spooky shots or like not not really like insane music, but definitely like spooky tones going on. Like Yeah, yeah. Like, just a little bit of spooky music happening, and I'm like, why is all this spooky music happening when just, like, normal stuff is going on? You know, okay. like, nothing spooky yet? Yeah. And that that's something I loved about this movie. Like, I think if I had, if I had to rank just, like, you know, the pieces of the puzzle, like, I would say the cinematography was my favorite part of this movie, and then the second would probably be the music. Mm-hmm. Like, the music was just so unnerving. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, I think, I think it did kind of really start to go haywire once... Uh, Bob splatted yeah. on the ground, you know. Yeah. But then soon after that, once um, once the curse talk stops happening, I don't know if you guys noticed this or not, but the music stopped for like at least like forty five minutes. Like there wasn't like any music for a very long portion of the movie. Oh really? I didn't even notice that, man. Yeah, I don't think I noticed either. But you guys there, take to be fair, okay, my... there was a lot going on. <laughs> this is my podcast now. I once it started getting crazy, I kind of stopped taking notes because I <laughs> didn't want to miss anything. <laughs> so I, I yeah. took so many notes. Yeah, I a couple times I, I would just simply kill him. I would simply kill him. <laughs> <laughs> I would simply kill him. <laughs> like that's how you get rid of all this. You just kill. It's wild that they never do it's that. It's literally in the title. Kill the sacred deer. Yeah. Then, then we'll get then the movie will end. Well, we'll get to that. So what what <laughs> happens uh, right around right after this is that then Martin makes Colin Farrell come and meet him so that he can give him the details Scoop. of the curse. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love the delivery. Oh yeah. It's so like Colin Farrell's like, Okay, hurry up, I just got like a second and he's like, Okay, I'll make this fast for you. Um, you killed a member of my family, so now you have to kill one of yours to even <laughs> things out with karma. And the rules uh are like the order. All your family, if you don't pick one, all of them will go through the four stages. Paralysis of the limbs, hunger till starvation, bleeding from the eyes, and then death. And yeah, so we already know his son already has paralysis of the limbs. And mm-hmm. so now Colin Farrell's really freaking out about this curse. And then this is where we get the, the multiple droppings of the boy. <laughs> yep, Splat City. Um, that's where this like... Killing of a Sacred Deer, the title of the movie comes in. It's kind of a reference to this Greek story, uh, mm-hmm. Iphigenia in Aulis, I think is how you say it, um, where this man accidentally killed a sacred deer belonging to a goddess, Artemis. Okay. Um, and so she asks, she makes him kill his daughter to make up for it, basically. 
Gods are so dumb. He can either kill his daughter or have his whole family be killed by his own soldiers. That's what happens in this Greek story. So basically the same thing going on. Um, (laughs) My next note, Colin shove the donut. (laughs) The donut. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, trying to shove the donut down this boy's mouth. That made me so mad. Because, like, those donuts look so good, and that little <laughs> fucker just wouldn't appreciate it. Oh, I would have loved to eat those donuts. He wasn't, he can't, he's not hungry. These kids, they can't I don't eat. care. Yeah, the, eat the donut. The eating thing was strange. It's like, okay, I get you're not hungry, but you can't, like, you still have teeth and everything, you know? Like, they mm, were, like, yeah. you could chew. Yeah, jumping mm. forward a little bit, like, uh, the daughter, when she hits uh, unable, like, no appetite, she isn't even able to take a, like, swallow a fucking bite of an apple or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's hardcore shit. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so it wasn't even, like, it was, like, she can't eat sort of thing. Yeah. Because yeah. I, cause I had the same thought, too. I was, like, I eat when I'm not hungry all the time. It's called a coping <laughs> yeah. mechanism, you know? <laughs> Hi. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And all, here's here's something. I don't know the timeline. I don't know how long all of this goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, if I don't eat for three hours, I get mean. Mm-hmm. I get lethargic. I stop doing things. I, like, break down. I don't know how they went one day without food. I'm the same way. You're telling me that that is the the least realistic part of this movie. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, That's funny. Colin, are you hypoglycemic (laughs) like me? No, I just like to... I like to just eat throughout the day. Yeah, I'm the same way. I like to munch. But uh, if I go too long, I'll pass out <laughs> i guess that's a yeah. little different <laughs> no mine's not a real mine's just like uh i like little meals throughout the day i guess and then uh, and then big big meal at dinner mm-hmm. okay so w- w- we're seeing now more of like the girl having a crush on martin they like ride the motorcycle and she's cuddling with no helmet gross um. <laughs> i was so mad at that she told her mom that she, she promised was wearing a helmet yeah and then she wasn't then we see her in choir. They talk so much in this movie about how she's in choir and she loves to sing or whatever. But when she sang earlier in the movie, and you hear she it rocked. in the trailer, <laughs> I mean, she's like barely. She's very good, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was. That's it was what great. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they're showing her at choir practice and she falls down in choir practice and her little leggies stop working. Then now both the kids are paralyzed. <laughs> And uh, my next note, pubes, teeth, hair. <laughs> Wait, what is that about? So when Colin Farrell and uh, his wife, Nicole Kidman, are in the kitchen and they're like, what do we do? What do we do? And she's like, you need to fix this. And he's like, mm-hmm. oh, what do I just need to find like the pubes of a virgin? Oh, <laughs> Some old oh, yeah. teeth. <laughs> Some hair, and then it's like going through all the cabinets and like any yeah. pubes in here. Oh, we must have misplaced them. I wish I could do an Irish accent, but I'll tell you, I cannot. I fucking loved that moment because it was incredible. I don't know the whole movie, like their whole house, their family, everything is just so kind of like what Colin was talking about earlier. Like it's kind of like the gears of a watch. You know, it's all like very particular. It's all very well thought out. You know, mm-hmm. and like to, and it just it felt like the most mild breakdown. 
ever like in that it was like so perfect for like these characters in this world like for them to have like a big freak out moment and literally he's just like he's just like throwing shit on the ground you know like it's mm-hmm. it, it, it didn't even get like that crazy mm-hmm. you know and it just kind of shows that like even even when like he was freaking out he still had to kind of keep a certain sense of control mm-hmm. and i just thought that that was super telling also uh earlier in that scene he is eating dinner and uh and he just he says to Nicole Kidman, this meat is delicious. And I thought that was a funny line. Why wouldn't you identify the meat? And he asks for mashed potatoes tomorrow. And as we all know, the Irish potatoes. Oh, okay. oh the potatoes. I didn't, even, I, didn't, I didn't even make that connection. Oh my God. What a freaking <laughs> mick. Another note on Nicole Kidman. If you Google this movie, Killing of a Sacred Deer, the cast list that shows up, everybody has their character name next to their... Nate, Colin Farrell, Stephen, mm-hmm. B- Barry Keegan, Martin, R- whatever, blah, blah, blah. Nicole Kidman, surgeon's wife. <laughs> Jesus. I know. How rude. Okay, is that sexist or what? Uh, she has a name. Okay, it's Anna. We also skip past uh, a hilarious story, anecdote. Uh, it's during the, the plopping or the splatting. St- uh, Colin Farrell is trying to call Bob's bluff, his son's bluff. And he's like, hey, I'll tell you a secret that I've never oh, told yeah. anyone, and you tell me one, okay? And then oh, Colin Farrell yeah. proceeds to tell his son about how he jerked his dad off once, and uh, his son is just like, neat, I don't have any secrets. So is that That's another exactly thing? how I would respond to <laughs> Is that another thing that um, you guys have done? <laughs> what? Uh, what? <laughs> this, it's... Weird. I just have Steve jacked off his dad in my notes. Yeah. <laughs> Wowie. Cool. And that's like now I, now I officially can't send this podcast to my mom. <laughs> <laughs> he really could have stopped the story earlier yep. and it's still still been weird, you know? Just with like the jerking off or whatever. Sure. Okay. Was, I started jerking <laughs> off around your age. That's my secret. Okay, what did you do? <laughs> plenty, plenty good. Anyway. We also, somewhere around here, is when Martin shows up outside the hospital and calls the daughter, and she can walk for a second. Um, So it kind of is like, we never actually find out how the magic is happening. Mm -mm. How they're being afflicted. You know, it doesn't seem like, because they've run all the tests. They're not poisoned. There's nothing wrong with them, like, scientifically, so... Yeah, yeah, we never find out what exactly it is that makes them be like this, except that it's something to do with Martin, and it seems like he can control it somehow. Mm-hmm. They get to the point where the doctors are calling it, you know, a psychosomatic disorder, which, you know, they even say in the movie is just what doctors label shit that they don't know what it is, uh, which oh, happens yeah. more often than, than we think, that doctors are just like, uh, I don't know why you're blacking out constantly. This must just be your uh, your psychosomatic disorder. Yeah. Doctors love to invent a disease for you to have rather than figure out one that they don't know what it is. It's hard sometimes. So Colin Farrell's character is hit with this dilemma. Now both his kids are, you know, on their way towards dying. Mm-hmm. And he's going to have to pick somebody. So he goes to visit the school principal. Incredible. Ask him a bunch of questions and see if the principal can pick which of his kids is better. Yeah. So good. So fucking good. 
wild, truly wild shit. And actually, uh, another little um, Easter egg in this little part. The principal does say that Kim got an A plus for her essay on the tragedy of Iphigenia, which is the tragedy that was referenced in this movie I just oh, talked about a second ago. So very cool. Yeah, just a wild little nugget. There are two things I really liked about that scene. I really liked one. Just how almost like utilitarian Colin Farrell's character treats being a parent, you know, because mm-hmm. it, it reminded me of the line that like Nicole Kidman says later, like, we can always have another kid, you know? Yeah. 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 So th- they're just trying to pick like which one is better. And I, I just like feel like how how the fuck? And it's wild that it's so clearly not going to be her that he kills, too. Like, they, mm-hmm. they're pretty much set on, like, it's going to be one of the kids, even though she is part of the deal. Like, yeah. she is supposed to be part of the deal. Yeah, exactly. She never gets but, afflicted, but yeah. Yeah. And I also really like, too, how um, this just kind of goes back to the whole idea of accountability in this movie. Like, just going back to he can't, like, hold himself accountable for, like, murdering Martin's dad. And, like, he is, like, ask he's essentially asking this principal to make the decision for him just because, like, this dude just can't fucking make a decision to save his life or the lives of others, literally. Yeah. <laughs> literally his job. Yeah. It's his job and he cannot do it. <laughs> yeah, he just fucking sucks. I mean, yeah, and throughout the whole movie, he refuses to accept accountability for, I mean, he says, like, you know... Nicole Kidman asks him, like, were you drinking before you did the surgery? Oh, I only had a couple drinks. Like, I didn't do anything wrong. But, like, he, the delivery sells it as if it's nothing. But, like, yeah. <laughs> any surgeon having a few drinks before he goes into surgery is, like, yeah. so crazy and terrible. Of course, then later we have another disgusting movie, because this is a gross movie for perverts, uh, in which... Colin Farrell's um, nurse uh, meets up with Nicole Kidman and Nicole Kidman's like, yo, I need you to tell me about, I need you to like get me these files about you oh, know, yeah. <clears throat> Martin's dead dad. And the, the dude's like, can't do it, you know, but I can tell you some things if you freaking give me a hand job. Mm-hmm. and smash cut to him getting a freaking hand job by Nicole Kidman. Mm-hmm. And A, gross, that's a skeezy, skeevy fucking gross thing to do. B, mm-hmm. that's it. You didn't. That's push, what I you said. You didn't even ask for a, a, a beeger. <laughs> yeah, I have a note. I wrote for a hand job in yes! all caps, exclamation point, question mark. Like that's it. That's it. <laughs> yes, the one you can do yourself. <laughs> yeah, this dude fucking sucks at negotiating. Yeah, he's a moron. <laughs> Other than that, though, he was my favorite character. He was the most likable character. You <laughs> think so? <laughs> That? He forced another Holy man's shit. wife to give him a hand job, um, <laughs> but sure. I stand by it. Um, so close somewhere in here is where we also get the spaghetti scene. Yeah, which we need to talk uh. about. Where Nicole Kidman goes over to Martin's house to try and talk him out of being insane. And yeah, so he's eating the spaghetti and he's basically tells a story about how he used to think he was special the way he eats spaghetti and then finds out that he's not special and everyone eats spaghetti the same way that he eats it, which I have to say cannot be true. <laughs> nope. At all. Uh, y'all, y'all had a spaghetti dinner with, with people before? Um, yes. Probably. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I've eaten spaghetti with people. Okay. You ever wanted to vomit during that meal because of how <laughs> your friends were eating their spaghetti? Have you ever... I live with a gross eater, so... <laughs> I don't want to eat spaghetti anymore because of this fucking scene. 
<laughs> he just he gets like a clump on his fork and just takes a bite of the clump. I will tell you the most godless part about this scene is okay. that he's doing it in a fucking white shirt. That's bold. I respect that. Danger. That's that's someone that is in control of their future. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he a gross MF-er though. Yeah, and it's just like goes back into what I said. Like he just gets grosser and grosser throughout this movie. And I just can't think of many things more gross than like the close up of his face with like spaghetti <sighs> grease and stuff all over his chest cheeks and like oh it doesn't nasty. even look it looks like instead of marinara it's like old brown marinara the sauce is like brown it's not red it's it's gross and maybe he's got spaghetti he's got the beef sauce oh maybe he does have a beef sauce i don't know i'm veggie boy me too but uh yeah so gross scene and nicole kidman ends up kidnapping the boy smart move wait is that what happened i missed that part yeah because I, I i was confused how martin got to their house so so she kidnapped him in that scene she kidnaps him yeah she comes in and grabs colin farrell is like i gotta show you something and then takes him to the basement and is like i mm-hmm. brought him here or something to that effect but yeah uh, okay it doesn't show her kidnapping him that's yeah. that's the only way that you come to that conclusion is that she goes over to Colin Farrell's like I got to show you something and takes him to the basement. And okay. then and then he's down there and he's all tied up and whatever. So yeah, so he's in the basement all tied up besides his mouth for some reason. Why would you not? Not screaming or anything, just chilling tied up to a chair or whatever. And oh, the bite, <sighs> he he oh bites uh, Colin Farrell. Oh, it's uh, rough. And then bites his own arm. Ay, ay, ay. So I I wasn't necessarily a fan of this scene. Mm-hmm. Besides it being like gross and weird and shit. Like mm-hmm. I felt like that this, this was kind of the most like spoon feedy part for me. Because okay. like the whole like, let me explain this to you sort of thing. Like an eye for an eye sort of thing. Yeah. But like. I'm cool with it just because of how graphic it was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So it was still like lining up with his view of like the karma that he's imposing on them of like, you killed my family member. Now you have to kill your family member. Then we're even. So I bit you. Now I bite me. Now we're even, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Just going with, with that same thing. Uh, Yeah. I didn't, I don't know if I needed that reiterated, but it was gross. And it's just, but what he does say, though, is really cool. Because, like, Martin says, like, the whole thing, like, see, like, I hurt you. I, what does he say? He, he can, like, stroke the wound or something and, like, that, like, makes it, like, feel better or, or that won't make it feel better. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I, I did really like that line just because yeah. I feel like that was, just, you know, like, telling of the whole, like, what Colin Farrell's been doing. Just, like, I've been coming by or, like, he's been coming by and, like, giving him these gifts and, like, spending time with martin stuff and talking with him and like playing this fatherly role but that was like martin's way of saying like that's not helping that's just making it worse you know you're right yeah around here too is when we start to see the kids are between themselves the daughter keeps being like well you're probably going to be the one to die or you know just like (laughs) um not being helpful and so the the young yeah Yeah. (laughs) classic sibling talk that we've all had the kids start crawling around everywhere on their with their arms like just crawling around and it's kind of horrifying i guess it's also a reference to a famous painting called christina's world by the painter andrew wyeth okay he painted his pal who had a degenerative neuromuscular disease in the same way like crawling around on her arms towards Mm -hmm. a farmhouse and 
it's spooky. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just it's another it's spooky fucking... and creepy and sad. Yep. Yeah. Just another weird. Nothing is natural in this movie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at, ever since Martin gets down in the basement, I mean, this movie goes into a very quick spiral of becoming just absolutely off the rails. And this is part of it. Like the kids crawling around, being all spooky. The boy crawls around and cuts his hair and is like, Dad, look, I cut my hair. Like, will you let me live now? Like, basically, yeah, like, I want to be, a, I decided I want to be a doctor like you when I grow up and everything. Like, they're. Let me go water the plants. <laughs> Yeah, let me go water the plants. His legs don't work and he's dying. It's like absolutely insane and so disturbing. Like, I think that's one of the most disturbing parts of this movie. For yeah. sure. And um, the daughter through all of this still like being in love with Martin through everything. <laughs> teenage <laughs> girls. Just teenage Wild. girls. Crawling down the stairs on her little arms. Brought him a cigarette <laughs> and is like, let's run away together. <laughs> Maybe I work, I hang out with too many teenage girls at work. This tracks. This, I was like, yes. I have worked with so many teenage girls who are like, yes, I love my horrid, ugly, terrible boyfriend who hates (laughs) me. And I will literally die for him. From personal experience, as someone formerly known as a teenage girl with (laughs) terrible, horrible, shitty boyfriends. (laughs) Yeah. Whom I would do anything for when I was a terrible teenage person. Maybe it's metaphoric, uh, metaphorical, but it's, it tracks. Yeah, I think I think it works on on both levels. Because when I watch it, I kind of took it as like she saw firsthand that Martin somehow has the, the ability to lift this curse, mm-hmm. and she was just trying to get on his good side. You know, mm-hmm. maybe she thought like. Oh, because we're in love, like, he'll take care of me, and yeah. this is this will just be temporary or whatever. Yeah, but unfortunately, Martin doesn't work that way. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so he's not having it, and uh, she runs away. She oh does not God. run. It's so she, insane. She crawls away. She crawls away. She gets far. Oh, my God. Really far. She does get it, like, far. What was the time span there? Like, maybe, like, 30 minutes? I don't know. It's really hard to say, but yeah. So she, yeah, escapes, I guess. Your <laughs> and, um, elbows would be raw after like 10 minutes and simply pulling yourself forward would be Her whole be body. Agonizing. I mean, her whole body was. Even yeah. if like, yeah, I'm saying like, okay, even if her, let's say her, the curse, she can't feel her legs at all. So mm. her legs can take a beating. That doesn't remove her abdomen and, and elbows, which are going to be bloodied on this fucking concrete. Brutal. Yeah. Her knees were weak. Dad's spaghetti. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, we need to wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> so when they find her, though, because they go out looking for her, and she's in the headlights, and she's all fucked up and like yeah. bloody, and oh boy, that was wild. Yeah. Soon after this is when the boy's eyes start bleeding. I was waiting for it for so long. Yeah. I know. I really thought it would have happened a lot sooner. I know, we were like, when the fuck are we going to see these tears of blood? I mm-hmm. want to see it so bad. And, then <laughs> and it, it did not disappoint. <laughs> no, it did not disappoint. It was so sick. Yeah, it was insane. I could barely watch. It's no, We're not talking like one like teardrop of blood. Like, Mm-mm. blood begins oozing out of this kid's eyeballs. I'll yeah. tell you, I've been watching True Blood for a long time. <laughs> and uh, the vampires in True Blood cry blood when they cry. Oh, my and, God. And... Uh, Tell you, it doesn't look half as sick as this boy with his eyes bleeding. And True Blood, 
take some notes, okay? I know you've been off the air for about uh, 15 years, but uh, take notes, okay? Oh my god, stop standing true blood on the podcast. Good show. Um, so yeah, boys' eyes are bleeding, it's fucked up, should happen a lot sooner. Um, yeah. And the mom never goes paralyzed, right? Never has right. any symptoms. Yeah, so it would have been cool to see all of them have a little more symptoms, but yeah. I, I'm still happy with how, how this ended up. So they end up basically taping everyone up and putting them on the in the living room. Uh, Nicole Kidman delivering the line, I'm going to wear that black dress that you like. Yes. Um, where you might murder me. Interesting. It, it was kind of cool. I kind of liked it. It was... he. They pick the, like, most bonkers way to execute to randomly mm. execute a member of the family uh absolutely yeah uh so they put them in like a triangle formation in the living room basically grab a rifle everyone gets blindfolded and <laughs> colin farrell just stands in the middle and spins in a circle and shoots at some point <laughs> and is like hopefully i'm shooting one of my family members and not <laughs> that's the best case scenario <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but there's so much space in between them. Like, he could be shooting anything, you know? uh, which he does twice. Fucking pick straws. Yeah, I don't know. Or at least, like, line them up in a line or I don't know, something. It was yeah. very dumb. Yeah. But I love so... that. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. This is this is when the movie kind of started to fall flat for me a little bit. The, the very like, last I... scene, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, so, I loved this, but go on. I was just, like, hoping that something else would happen. Because since the whole movie, like, is kind of about, like, accountability and, like, you know, t- making yourself be held responsible for, like, your actions or inactions or whatever, I was hoping that when Colin Farrell decided to do this, since it was kind of another version of him not having to make a choice, you know, mm-hmm. that once he killed one of them, that then it did not solve the curse since he didn't actively Uh, choose which one to kill, you know? And I felt like it was just like a little bit of a Mm cop-out. That would have been cool. You're right. Yeah. So, like, that that was just kind of, like, my beef with it. Like, because then, like, after that, it's just like, oh, he killed uh, little Bobby. I don't know. I I, I just wish that there was, like, more um, of a lesson learned, you know? Yeah, and let's be real. The the girl should have been the one to be murdered. I mean, it seemed pretty obvious. (laughs) What are you talking about? We all knew Bob was going to be the one to die. <laughs> well, she should have. Like, if you're going to pick which of your kids is shittier, like, this girl is in love with Martin. She's clearly <laughs> still got a foot in that door. She's smoking. She's smoking. Okay. Her, her voice. She, <laughs> she just started her period. I mean, come on. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. Going back to, like, my fifth note. She told her mom, fuck you remember in the hospital yeah yeah yeah. she did she is a by bad the way kid. i said i said fuck you to my mom once when i was a young teen yeah. and uh said it in the same way <laughs> <laughs> very quietly under your breath yeah but she al- my mom also did hear it and i did get grounded but oh. i got my way in the end actually so it's fine and you're still alive and I am still technically alive. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. We're going to move away from Kayla's mom territory again, <laughs> like we do every podcast. <laughs> no, I fucking kill Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman. Well, no, don't kill Nicole Kidman. Yeah, I guess the daughter's the best to die. Nicole Kidman's the only good one. And she's a babe. Well, the son's good, too. Yeah. Yeah, and then who are you going to fuck? You kill Nicole Kidman. 
I guess you could I go for uh, Alicia Silverstone. <laughs> yeah, but think about then you have to reintroduce the kink to a new partner, and that's mm. a whole thing. Uh, she has her own kink. Road. Yeah, so. with Nicole Kidman, you already got your kink set up. You're in mm-hmm. a good sitch, and she's like into it. Like she apparently every night is just like, all right, I'm going to go limp now. Sixteen years they've been together. Sixteen years they've been together, and uh, she's still they're still banging regularly. That's great. Good on them. Yeah. Um, we we have one final scene in, a, in the yeah. Blue Jay. They all, the family goes to the restaurant. Uh, they sit down and instantly have food and they eat the food and they leave. And they look at, well, Martin's over there drinking water, looking yeah. all horny. Uh, the girl's sitting there eating her fries first and oh. uh, giving flirty eyes. And um, yeah, that's basically Roll creds. it. Roll creds. Yeah. I like the the little, I, I even though I, I after hearing TJ talk about what, what could have been with the curse, which I totally agree, like they definitely could have done more and I didn't even think about it. Mm-hmm. I did love this last little, you know, it's a it's a 3 minute scene maybe and it's just it just feels like this knife twist on the Murphys, the family as yeah. as Martin strolls in with fucking impunity. Yeah. Um just look at like what the what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Uh because oh yeah. yeah, he won. Martin wins it. This ugly mf'er wins in the end. <laughs> Um, all right, so any more thoughts on the movie? Man, I just I love this. Yeah, it was it was it was an enjoyable movie. I I gave it a mid seven. I said seven. seven seven point five. Out of ten? Out of ten. Where you think we normally do a five point score. Yeah, where where TF you think you are. So what do you do out of five? Oh, okay, so I will I will give it a uh, a three point seven five. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. The decimals now. <laughs> I knew. <laughs> no, it's great. We love it. We love it. Um, Colin, what do you give it out of five? Oh, this gets four and a half. This, four and a half. Five. Yeah, it's because yeah. I base this off of like, what do I think they could improve upon? Like a five star movie is a movie you can't improve upon. Uh, and there's just a little bit to be improved upon in this. Four and a half. This fucking rocked. Yeah. I'll say four. Yeah. Right in the middle of y'all two. Hell yes. For sure. Watch this thing, though. This yeah, is we would so definitely wild. recommend a watch. Yeah. All right. So now that we're done talking about the dang movie, now it's time for Scream Vomit. So in this little bit here, we talk about other stuff that we've been watching besides this movie. Um, So, Colin, what have you been watching? Me? Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly wrestling, because the last time we recorded was Friday. So since then, uh, I recorded for my wrestling podcast and watched <laughs> uh, a ton of Bizarro Lucha, uh, which, uh, yeah, I'll plug Bizarro, my other podcast, Bizarro Cult, uh, which is about uh, Bizarro Lucha, which is an Indianapolis-based wrestling promotion. And I had a lot of fun watching that. Uh, we just did, recorded an episode on Shotzi Blackheart, who fucking rips. So... That's it. That's what I've been watching. How about you? Let's let's ask oh, some TJ. TJ, yeah. what you been watching? Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. Just a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> oh, neato. <laughs> yeah. So um, Amanda has never watched Yu-Gi-Oh before. Uh, we learned this maybe a, a a couple months ago, and since she lives with me and Nick Pender, <laughs> she has entered the Shadow Realm. So we have been just watching a fuck ton of Yu-Gi-Oh. We recently just finished the Battle City arc. If you have not watched, it, I highly recommend it. Holds up. Holds up very well. If you are a connoisseur of the 
Yu-Gi-Oh card game, you will hate it because they do not follow the rules a lot. There's a lot of cheating that is involved, but all for the sake <laughs> of plot armor. And I have no other complaints besides that. It is very near and dear to my heart. Kayla, Hell you yeah. ever watched an epa Yu-Gi-Oh? No, I don't think so. Me neither. <laughs> maybe maybe once if like Goo is watching it or something, but I the thing about me is I don't really watch cartoons. So Yeah, too adult. You're you're It's you're not grown cartoons, up. it's anime. I know, I know. I don't really watch <laughs> animated content. It the thing about it is it, that includes everything, like Simpsons, like any anything mm-hmm. that's animated like that. Even if I am liking it, I think it's funny. It puts me to sleep. It just puts me right to sleep. So I just can't watch <laughs> animated stuff very much. I mean, at least you have something to put you to sleep consistently, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't have any trouble sleeping normally, so. Huh. Well, that's cool. Just don't have those problems. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Whatever. So- <laughs> I will continue watching my Yu-Gi-Oh! in peace. I'm yeah, glad no, you're enjoying it. No hate. No hate at <laughs> yeah. all. I mean, yeah, do you. But I just fall asleep. I don't know. It's like something psychological for me. I just can't watch anything uh, cartoons. Oh, um, yeah. All right. So what have I been watching? I've been watching Little Fires Everywhere. Have y'all seen this? No. Lindsay just watched it. And I intensely, I like watched along for the first episode. And mm-hmm. I loathed it. Uh, okay. So I, I didn't watch it. But I did watch like when I'd come home and Lindsay would be watching it. So I have seen... I know the story. Why'd you loathe it? For the reasons it's intended. I was just like, fuck Reese Witherspoon. Like, her character's supposed <laughs> to be kind of um, repulsive a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it, it didn't, it wasn't the right kind of repulsive for me. It made me repulsed by Reese Witherspoon. I hated her. Yeah. Not just the character. I um, get that. <laughs> yeah, it's a really, it just made me very angry. So I didn't want to watch it. So it does, like, it's set in the 90s. And so... Th- they do include like a lot of race politics and stuff like that. And they include them to where they would have been in the nineties, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, more or less, uh, which makes Reese Witherspoon as a like rich white woman, yeah. both in the show and in real life. Um, yeah. Think, some of the things she says and the way that she acts. Uh, yeah. They can be a little annoying for that reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by annoying, I mean repulsive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I also think I went in with real Big Little Lies vibes. Um, mm-hmm. And I was, because I liked Big Little Lies a lot, both seasons. And it it's not like Big Little Lies to me. So I. It, there are some similarities, though. So. It didn't strike yeah, with some... me, but I, I'm not like hateful towards it. Reese Witherspoon popping off, you know, yeah, right now. She's she got this, going everywhere. This freaking studio, apparently, that's funding all of it. Oh, really? Mm hmm. I will say. I'm more or less enjoying the show. The okay. episodes are long. I'm not great with an hour-long show. Yeah. Because um, I watch TV in, like, 20-minute spurts. So it's, like, three sittings of me watching TV to get through one episode. Sure, sure. Um, but uh, the only thing I don't really like about this show, or, the like, the main thing I don't like about it is that it's set in the 90s, which, as we all know, the greatest decade there ever was and there are almost no signs during throughout the show that it is in the 90s just just no cell phones that's pretty like, much it but she has a car phone which is practically a cell phone <laughs> 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 and, 
Yeah, but like, there's no like fashion. Like, '90s had such iconic like hair and fashion. There's mm-hmm. none of that in this show. Uh, everybody just looks like they like they would normally like you would look now. Yeah. They look normal, even to the extent that the music in the show '90s. Okay, iconic music. There's so many so many songs that are iconic, mm-hmm. and multiple times throughout mm-hmm. this show, mm-hmm. they have put. You know those trailer songs like oh. that you see on movie trailers this where is, it's like a, yep. a cover of a song, but it's like all slow and dreamy and whatever? No. They've done trailer covers of 90s songs. They it did is a trailer constant. cover. They did a trailer cover of Sex and Candy, and I about yep. lost my GD mind. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't remember any of the songs, because they have one, like one <laughs> at least one per episode of that, of yeah. the trailer cover. Um, yeah. And I laughed so many times because I'd be walking it's through terrible. and it'd be like believe by share. And it's just like, <laughs> do you believe in life after love? And I'm just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I would not be able to take that seriously. I'm sorry. The music oh, is a terrible. train wreck. Just the whole 90s aspect of it just really, that kills me. But yeah. uh, the show is interesting enough. Yeah. Uh, Carrie Washington is great. Reese Witherspoon yeah. is great. They, they both rule. Is this, on, uh, is this on Hulu? Is it a Hulu show? Yeah. Yeah. Hulu. Okay. Uh, y- Yu-Gi-Oh! is also on Hulu. <laughs> oh, well, my Hulu account is expiring. Sorry. <laughs> it's also on Netflix. Well, There's three seasons. My, I'm throwing my TV out, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, but anyway, besides the 90s things, like, they just, the only reason why you know the show's in the 90s is because every once in a while, they'll, like, cut to the television screen, they'll be like, oh, we're just watching Ricky Lake, or something, (laughs) but other than that, absolutely no 90s references at all, which just is absolutely wild to me. I did want to just recommend one other thing, uh, because a few episodes ago we talked about Tiger King, Mm -hmm. I listened to a podcast, uh, that was interesting, (laughs) about Tiger King. So uh it was actually an episode of Justin Long's podcast. Okay. So this is a random. Okay, it's called Life is Short with Justin Long. All right. Um, <laughs> there's a guy who made a Joe Exotic podcast years before the show ever came out. The his podcast is good, but he guessed it on Justin Long's podcast and the episode is very good and they go into like some real hard hitting shit about like why people even find it entertaining to watch and uh, how there's you know classism involved and things oh, like sure. that and I thought it was a really good listen so I just want to recommend that uh, oh. episode of Justin Long's podcast <laughs> <laughs> we look the, the content sounds on point alright <laughs> please forgive me but it actually is really it's a really interesting discussion Okay, I just think it's important discussion to have. Do you regularly listen to Justin Long's podcast about being short or something? No, I only listened to the one episode because I knew that that guy was on it. Okay. So. All right, that's better. Cool. Uh, Anything else? Any other thoughts Uh, that y'all have? I don't have any more thoughts. TJ, do you have any plugs? What are you working on? Um, Yeah, I can plug. Can you legally say what you're working on? (laughs) I think I can. Um, Okay. Cause yeah, like there's already commercials coming out for it. I I've told Colin all about it. Oh okay. hell yeah! Alrighty, so I think June sometime is when the air date is. Is a new show called Cannonball, um, starring Mike the Miz Mazanin. Wow! <laughs> and it's brought to you by the same people who made Wipeout, and it is a uh, comedy sports competition, water hell competition yeah. sort of show where we built a giant fucking water park, essentially, and 
just made people do ridiculous challenges for a $10,000 grand prize. And it was an absolute blast to work on. Um, and I'm still working on it just because of the whole pandemic. It has slowed down our editing process and stuff, but we're still somewhat on schedule. But the shows are, the episodes are turning out really well. Like it's, it's really funny. There's some great characters in each episode. If you are a fan of the show Wipeout, if you're a fan of like just goofy ass people, just like jumping off of like a fucking 70 foot tall slide and hitting a giant 16 foot wooden target, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, the show might be for you. It's it's quite it's quite the ride. Hell yeah. Do you get to hang with the Miz? Um, not really. I had <laughs> one interaction with him and it did not go well. Oh no. <laughs> Give it a watch. You Hell enjoy yeah. It. For sure. Hell yeah. My big showbiz pal TJ. That's me. <laughs> uh is that all was there anything else? I already plugged Cannonball and I already plugged Yu-Gi-Oh. I have done what I need to do here. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. Well, then we would like to plug Thin Swimmer, uh, who does our theme song. You can support Thin Swimmer on their Bandcamp, thinswimmer.bandcamp.com. Mm -hmm. uh, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Letterboxd, all the things. Subscribe on your podcast app, at Screen Vomit, one word, on everything. Or you can send us an email at screenvomitpod at gmail com with your thoughts on this movie or other movies or suggest movies for the future because we're going to be locked up for the rest <laughs> of our lives. Okay, thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop recording now.